welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of The Quinspin. I'm your host, The Quinn. At least that's how I'm known here on the program. And I'm back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, and more. For another rousing and riveting installment of the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. Yes, we are back to Underground Music Collective. The rumors are true. And we started the rumors, so they better be. Anyway, you just heard Revel 9's All I've Become. That's been our opening theme, opening theme song here at the Quinspin. I'm not editing that since the great year of 2014. And it will be until the very end of days. And we are sponsored in my dreams and one day in reality by Liquid Death. Murder your thirst. Anyway, I am joined here today for a return appearance, although first time on this glorious interview set that we now have. By Terry from Bronte Fall, who you might know is performing tomorrow as of release date of this episode at Nashville meets Bethlehem at Steel Stacks in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which we are presenting in conjunction with your next favorite band podcast. Make sure you get tickets if you still can. I doubt you will be able to by the time this releases. Also, how are we in Nashville and we're supposed to be in Bethlehem tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Magic. Magic. T- teleportation about to go down here. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining again. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this show. Me too. I'm excited for this show. I'm excited for the show tomorrow. I'm excited for all the shows. All the shows, yes. So anyway, let's catch up. And for those who don't know you, let's go back to the three standard questions. Those, of course, being, who are you? What are your passions? And why on earth would you want to come back on the Quinn Spin? I... My name is Terry, Terry Bracken, and I have an artist project called Bronte Fall, and I'm an Americana pop artist currently in Nashville, originally from Chicago. Um, That was the first question, right? Mm -hmm. And the second question was... What are your passions? My passions. You know what? I like this question because, of course, music is my passion, but I feel like I have so many other passions. I love to read. I love to travel. I love Pilates. I love my dog... Um, I love fashion. Yeah, lots of passions. Lots of passions. And then I feel like we had such a great conversation last time I was on here. We did. It's, yeah, it we like did. went deep. And I love what you're doing in the music industry. Why, and, thank you. And how you support artists and that we have this Bethlehem connection. I yeah. think that's pretty cool too. Which we discovered, I think, in the middle of the first episode that we did yes. together. Yeah. Yes. So you, an alum of Lehigh University in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. me having uh, an alum of Moravian now University in Bethlehem. <laughs> hmm, yes, we've become very sophisticated at Moravian. <laughs> And, you know, I lived there for a bunch of years, of course, still go back, and we're hosting this show at Steel Stacks tomorrow. And when we were opening up for the uh, surprise eighth slot, you had applied, and it just made perfect sense, because it's Nashville meets Bethlehem, so why not have a Nashville artist with Bethlehem ties on the lineup? I love it. So very excited to have you back. And yes, we have a lot to catch up on, of course, musically as well. Last time you were on the show was in the middle of the plague. Yes. 2020. And we were safely social distanced in the studio, of course, you know, keeping things safe. But you had just released an album and you were working on Winter, which would then be released in 2022. And of course, touring, not a thing at the time. Live shows, very limited at the time, mostly live streamed. Yeah. So what I want to know is, you know, from then to now, what has that process, you know, of going through the pandemic, coming out on the other side, now hitting the road again, and of course, having this new music and these new experiences, how is that shaped who Bronte Fall is to the world? Wow. That is a really good question. Going deep. Um, and I, I feel like at, artists are 
they kind of express what they're going through. They express like the human experience, mm -hmm. right? And so I feel like my music reflects what's going on in the world and then what's going on within me. I feel like winter, I'm totally digressing here. I don't know if I'm like answering this question in full, but we'll get there. It's fine. Uh, the album Winter, a lot of the songs on there were written in 2020. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a song called Beyond the Rain, which is about being in a tornado and then being thrown into a pand pandemic right after that. Yeah. Um, and Winter was kind of about 2020 was hard. And um, my Bronte Fall, my artist project, I may have said this a couple years ago, but it's based on a poem by mm -hmm. Emily Bronte yeah. about the fall and the winter and embracing these darker seasons of our lives. And um, what artists do is they make art out of their pain, right? right. So that was like kind of winter. Um, and I I feel like Beyond the Rain is like a perfect example of like what the last few years have been for me. It's really about change mm -hmm. and how uncomfortable and it can be and how much it kind of, you're, you're when you're in it, you don't see what the end result is going to be and I feel like that year was a lot I went through a breakup um and got into a new one um and then yeah it was in a tornado my career ended suddenly and a lot of my music reflected that but also probably so many other people's experiences right I heard in 2020 you either got divorced or had a baby like mm -hmm. that's what I heard <laughs> um but I feel like a lot has happened since I last talked to you I don't know um, I know we follow each other. My dad passed away oh, last sorry. year. No, that's okay. I, so I feel like there's been, I, I don't even know what this next chapter is. I do have a full entire album mm -hmm. and um, that I've been working on, but I did take seven months off um, from July, 2022. I said it would be two and then I didn't get, and then I bought a house and I just like, needed a huge change. I, there's just been a whole lot of change. Yeah. And I feel like, and obviously my dad, that was a bad way, but there's been a lot of change in a good way, mm -hmm. even from 2022 that I didn't notice until right. this year, like my friend group, like the relationship I'm in, like everything I went through in 2020, I see the other side of it in 2023. Yeah. And so I hope my album will reflect it'll probably reflect my year in grief and then all these other changes that were i didn't see at the time were actually going to be good for me right right yeah and i think yeah that change for a lot of people i think started in 2020 yeah and then continued you know like a lot of people i, I feel this way personally like there's kind of like a delayed onset it's yeah. like in that moment of 2020 we're processing like what's happening in that moment yeah and like what does the other side of this even look like? Is there, is this the new normal at the time or is there another side after this? And then from there, we were all kind of left to address the things that 2020 brought up. Yeah. You know, and for a couple of years, like I think in a lot of ways, people are still navigating that and still going through it. Totally. You know, and like it's, it's a process just like anything else. And like, as more life changes happen, you know, and yeah. more things kind of come and go relationships, change relationships. And yeah. like, it just gives us more to the story. It just gives us more to process, you know, on top of this, like huge, you know, worldwide event that took place that affected every single person. So everything you're saying, yes. Like I, even some of the songs I've written, like I wrote a song about missing music mm -hmm. and 
um, yeah, within the industry too, the, the changes, I feel like music venues are still feeling the effects. Artists are feeling effects like Mm -hmm. music festivals. They're, they're still trying to book artists. They had to cancel in 2020 and then Mm -hmm. music venues can't afford to lose so much money. So they want artists to pull, pull more, poor people, pull more people to their show so they mm-hmm. don't lose. I mean, I just, you, we feel the effects two and three years later. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, we're still going to be finding things out and discovering things about that time about ourselves, about how it's informed our ventures. And in our cases, like our creative platforms for like long into the future, you know, yeah. like this is the type of thing. It was one of those, like, you know, watershed events in our lifetimes that, that, you know, will take years and decades to, I think, fully understand the, uh, understand the full scope of what happened, how it affected us and how it informs society going forward. But at the same time, things feel strangely normal again, because like the world is open, Yeah, you know, tours are happening. Like, you know, being at music fest in Bethlehem this past year, I can tell you it was crowded every single day, you know, yeah. whereas even in 2021, the first year I went back to work, it was like, you know, you had crowds, but it wasn't like, you know, people were masking up and yeah. it wasn't like the huge crowds that you're seeing now, mm-hmm. you know, so getting back to normalcy, you know, or whatever normalcy is now in 2023, like, how has that process been, you know, as far as getting back out on the road, you know, and diving back in to this artist career and this artist journey after being forced to pause from that in 2020? Such a good question. Um, sorry, I keep responding to the question and then, then I'll answer. Um, but I think again, like I missed it, the industry and the creative life, it like, it can be a grind. Right. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I was almost like so exhausted before the pandemic that having that little break was nice, but it made me like reevalue, like, what am I doing? Do I still want to do this? And then deciding Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. I will take the hustle. I will take, you know, the, the hours in the car with my band and the like crappy eating that happened. Like I'll take all the bad because I love it so much. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it has, I think like what I was saying earlier with venues last time when I went to Colorado in 2019, mm-hmm. I played this room, the Walnut room. And I, I was so happy 58 people came and I shared the bill and I was so happy. And I reached out to them again in 2021, 2022. And they're like, that that's so low. Like we need at least a hundred people. And like, so I feel like I've, it's made me a little bit smarter about touring because they're actually right. Like if I can't pull a hundred, why would I try to play a room that has capacity like 200 people? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like, yeah, it's made me a little bit smarter Mm -hmm. and reanalyze everything. Yeah, I think it makes you more intentional about promotion, about how you're engaging your audience, about engaging them in the first place, you know? And that's definitely something like with our re-pivot back to Underground Music Collective, like I'm making a much more concerted effort, you know, of not just letting them come to us, you know, of actually going out and doing that outreach because it's so important to like build those relationships. And ultimately in a business sense, like, it's going to get people coming out to your shows. It's going to get people buying your merch. It's going to mm-hmm. get people wanting to support you back, right? If you reach out and support them, you know, and that's how you build community and that's how you build these strong, you know, symbiotic relationships, right? 
And as you know, this industry is all relationship based. Yeah. I think most in most industries are relationship based, you know, as yeah. far as, you know, we can only go as far as we're willing to go together. Totally. And so it's one of those things where, you know, you once you have a chance to step back and reevaluate that, reevaluate like, you know, how can I how can I show up better for my community? Mm-hmm. And that's going to that's what's going to allow you to build that community stronger. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm so excited to play this show in Bethlehem because I I'd love to connect with local artists in Pennsylvania, in Bethlehem, around Philly, because it I feel like a lot of my building is in Chicago right now and Nashville. And you're right. It's all relationships. It's Mm -hmm. all who you go to support, what shows you go to. Like that is your community. And ah, I love everything you're saying right now. Like you can only move forward together. Yeah. And and I mean, to your point, like that's the exact point of doing this show the way we're doing it. Right. Because we have you coming from Nashville who has ties to the area, right. As a, as a Lehigh alum. And we have otherwise a fairly local lineup, right. We have a couple Philly based artists, Tioga, Dirty Dollhouse are primarily based in Philly. The rest are from that Lehigh Valley area, Bethlehem, Mm. Allentown, Easton. Right. But they're all from different segments of the scene, mm-hmm. like different genres, different styles have different following. So for everybody on the bill, like and this is how Phil from your next favorite band and I crafted this bill was to just have enough different, you know, different styles, different audiences. So we get these all it, these people all in a room. Right. Like like a big, beautiful musical gumbo, you know, and you, everybody's learning about each other. The artists are learning about each other. Maybe they're able to collaborate, connect. The audiences are learning about the other artists on the bill and becoming fans. And the best part is it's all original music. So they're learning about their music and they're becoming fans of the songwriting and the original music as opposed to nothing wrong with cover and tribute stuff, but like it's a different kind of energy, you know, whereas like this is putting the craft at the forefront. Yeah. I and I can't wait to hear the different genres of all these artists um, because I feel like living in Nashville, there's a certain sound mm-hmm. and it's I love breaking away from it. Yeah. Hearing the sound of a different city. Um, yeah. So that'll be cool. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like you have to, I think, get out of wherever you live. You got to get out of that echo chamber once in a while. Like yeah. You've got to go for some outside perspective yeah the echo chamber for yeah. sure yeah like because there is just a certain like nashville way of doing thing and not to say we're you know not a diverse community because we are i mean there's a, truly any genre you can want to find here but there is a certain emphasis on that americana on that country mm-hmm. a lot of times because that's what people on the outside know nashville for yeah i remember when i was getting ready to move here oh well, i hope you like country music you know and it's like well there's more than that there but to, to that point, like the perception of it is one thing, yeah. you know, so it helps to break free of that, get some new inspiration and bring that back because mm-hmm. and build the pipelines, build the pipelines up to the Philly area, up to the Lehigh Valley. You already have a pipeline well built to Chicago, yeah. you know, and what it does is it just creates more opportunities for you to connect, more opportunities to grow that following, more opportunities to really leave your mark on more people through what you do. Yeah. Yes. So being back in Bethlehem for the first time in a while, of course, you went to Lehigh, but you've never been to Steel Stacks before. I haven't. And I it was being built when I was there, mm-hmm. um, which I think it's so cool that they what they've done to it. Yeah. Turned it into. I've played I played in a rock band when I was at Lehigh. I was in the Philharmonic Orchestra and then I was in a rock band and we would play at this local dive bar that's my favorite bar 
ever. It's called the Fun House. The Fun House, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so Bethlehem just has such a special place in my heart. I That was like my dream was to like sing in a rock band. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't ever done it. And this guy who was in my... I was a Spanish major mm-hmm. and he was in all my Spanish classes. And so one of, okay, so sorry, I'm making this kind of a long story, but um, his friend borrowed my electric violin for the band mm-hmm. and, and was in his band. And then he graduated. And then Dan, my friend was like, Hey, like I heard that you sing. I already know that you play violin. Do you want to like, I went to go pick up my electric violin mm-hmm. to bring it home. And then I, like happened into their rehearsal and they're like, would you want to sing? Like, would you want to play? And I did. I played or I sang some Gwen Stefani. I sang some Lauren Hill and they were like, you want to be in our band? Like we're playing at the fun house on Friday. And it was like, it like changed my life. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. This the fun house changed your life. It really did. This, this little frat band at Lehigh, they asked me to play at the fun house. And that was one of the best nights of my life. You know, we got to tag the fun house in this clip now. Yeah. Like I got to clip this out and we got to tag the fun house. Yeah. It like yeah. it. Yeah. It changed my life. And yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, so everyone knows the the fun house is like this tiny little dive, like right on Southside Bethlehem on fourth street. I want to say right across from Molly's, which yeah. was probably still bridge works when you were a student. There. It was. Yeah. yeah. It's Molly's now, but it's like, it used to be a really smoky dive, but indoor smoking's not allowed in Pennsylvania anymore. <laughs> But like you would go in there and like you would definitely have that funhouse musk for a couple of days afterwards. Oh, totally. But like yes. for the experience of going to the funhouse, like there's every band sticker that's ever been in there on the walls. Like it's really like exactly what you would expect it to be. Yeah. You know, everything you would want a little dive where like rock music happens to be is the funhouse. Yeah. And it, yeah, but it's they do music there seven nights a week, wow. like still to this day. Wow, Still to this day, it's a, it. it's a launching pad for a lot of the startup bands, you know, in the region. So it's always fun to hear you talk about the Funhouse and like see where things have gone because it's like yeah. you, it, it all started there. It really did. Yeah, it all started at the Funhouse and it comes full circle back to Bethlehem. I know. I'm so excited. So looking toward the future now, of yeah. course, you're in the midst of a tour, which I don't know how we're in Bethlehem while you're supposed to, or in Nashville right now while you're supposed to be on the road. I know, you know? magic, like, like you said. Teleportation, you know, we figured it out here at the Quinspin. We have that kind of money. <laughs> um, but so you're in the midst of this tour, of course, you know, our show being a part of it, what does the future hold, you know, the end of 2023 into 2024? I know you've got new music, of course, you're working on. Look into the crystal ball for us. Oh my God, God, I'm actually... I'm pretty prepared for 2024. I've laid it all out, like down to the month. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I recorded a full album this year, this past summer, and I'm in the middle of filming and taking photographs for for the cover, like all the all the content. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna start releasing singles in February, and I'm hoping the full album will come out in the summer. And I have a booker slash manager helping me now. So we are going to try to get into as many festivals as possible this summer and just like really hit the ground running. That is a much better answer than Billy Bauer gave me because I asked him to look into his crystal ball and he just looks into the camera and says, nothing but fog. (laughs) Which if you know Billy, I mean, you know, that's true, but it always comes together. Billy's a good friend. I I can, I can bust his chops, but well, that's really exciting, you know, and you know, of course, you know, the festival circuit, you know, 
Music Fest is in Bethlehem, so <gasps> I know they accept applications Ooh. still February if you want to go back for another round. So. Oh, yeah. I'm going to add that to the list. Yeah, definitely should. Mm-hmm. So, well, very excited, of course, to have you here joining us. Before we conclude here today on the show, just want to give you a chance to let people know where they can learn more about you. Uh, BronteFall.com. That is my website. I'm also all over the socials. I feel like I'm most active on Instagram. And that's just Bronte Fall. Um, I have a link tree that you can find on my Instagram and has all the things. All right. So make sure you follow Bronte Fall and make sure if you can teleport to the Northeast, which we're about to do in about five minutes, <laughs> that you come to Steel Stacks this Friday night, November 17th for Nashville Meets Bethlehem presented by Underground Music Collective and your next favorite band and sponsored by Tuck Business and Entertainment Law. 8 p.m. start time. We have an 8 p.m. round. We have a 9.30 round. We have eight acts on the bill, including Bronte Fall and seven others. And it's going to be a great night. $20 gets you in. If, in fact, you can still get tickets. I know we're selling pretty well. So just saying, if you haven't gotten them yet and they're still available, do not wait until tomorrow. They might be gone. Also, you can pick up some merch from pretty much everyone on the bill as long as they bring it. So definitely another opportunity to support artists. And this has been the Quinn Spin, two ends and Quinn, two ends and Spin. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. We're also on Instagram at Quinn Spin Official and on Facebook at The Quinn Spin. Still need to get on the TikTok train, but we'll get there. It's fine. Underground Music Collective, our central hub for all things independent music, creativity, community, across locations and geography and genres and more. You can find us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, X. LinkedIn, YouTube, and follow the UMC20 playlist on Spotify. And while you're following playlists on Spotify, follow Nashville Meets Bethlehem, the playlist featuring all eight artists on our lineup tomorrow. Rebel Nine's all become going to take us out just like it brought us in the end instead of the beginning. Grab some muffins on your way out and drink a tall frosty can of liquid death to wash it down.